DE 24-7 podcast. This is Brian Albright, Editorial Director at Digital Engineering. I'm here today talking with Adam Keating, co-founder and CEO of Colab Software. Welcome to the program, Adam. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me. Uh, And as I think our listeners know, over the past couple of years, the need for better collaboration in engineering and design has been even more important as so many of us have faced uh, different types of work environments than we're used to. And I think Colab has really been one of the innovators in the space of helping uh, designers and engineers improve their collaboration. So, uh, Adam, if you could, could you talk a little bit about what was sort of the industry status quo for collaboration in engineering back in 2017 uh, when you created Colab? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess for a bit of context, my, my background is actually mechanical engineering myself. Um, my co-founder, Jeremy, also a mechanical engineer. And, you know, in 2017, we were actually on the other side of the table. Uh, we were doing hardware design. Uh, I was working for a med tech company. He was working in automotive. And, you know, we'd previously worked in a bunch of other industries. And, you know, no matter where we were, um, we realized that the tooling that we were using as mechanical engineers was about two decades behind the tooling that our software friends had right across the aisle. Um, if you were talking about doing, you know, a supplier review on maybe a DFM for, you know, a new part that's about to be injection molded, you're talking about sending a file through an FTP, sending over your most critical design decisions and information and screenshots in a PowerPoint deck, and then going back and forth over email, calls, actually in the PowerPoint deck sometimes, and then tracking all of this in an open issues list. And when you think about the the types of things those teams are building, whether it's, you know, the future of electric vehicles or sending people to Mars or medical innovations, the tools just aren't stacking up. Um, And when we looked at our friends across the room in software, these things have been solved for 20 years. They don't talk about, you know, how do we work together? Their discussions are all about the latest and craziest technology and how do we build it as a entire community all at once. And, you know, I think for us, we looked at this and said, you know, in order for us to keep up with the, the pace of innovation needed for engineering teams to build the physical products the world needs, um, there needs to be a step change. Um, and that step change can't be a scary one. It needs to be something that's practical and, and deep rooted in value for the end user. And ultimately, that's what uh, that's what motivated us to, you know, leave the, the Bay Area and move back to as far east as you can go in Canada and uh, start Colab. Uh, well, how does Colab then you know, help and empower these teams to collaborate on me- mechanical design in a way that's different than what they might have been doing before? Yeah, so, so Colab itself is a co-design platform. And what we do is help you share, review, and collaborate on your most complex engineering design data. So it's 2D drawing, a model, whole system of information. Uh, we make that simple for you without having to break and change all the tools you're used to using. So you know, most of the teams that we work with today will have a PLM in place. They use, you know, one or more CAD tools. They use a number of um, analysis softwares and other tooling. Um, our position here is that we want to get in at the, the ground level and find problems that we can solve for the end user. So a lot of times we'll hear, you know, simple things like, you know, we want to digitize drawing reviews. We want to have an easier way to share and review with our suppliers. Um, we want to cut down on the number of changes that we're going through. We want to cut down on the product cost. So we'll start there um, and work with those teams to make sure they're getting value with a goal of kind of getting them up and running sort of immediately. So you could roll out Colab in, you know, less than an hour um, and have your first design review done um, and invite your suppliers all in, in the exact same training session. 
And in contrast to, you know, a PLM implementation that might take years, um, we see ourselves as sort of a stepping stone. So when you look at that then from the bigger picture for the company, they're thinking about, you know, their digital transformation strategy and how did they become competitive, you know, in a market that's become really tough with COVID and everything else that's changed. Um, and most teams today are thinking about things like the model-based enterprise or digital thread um, or, you know, just in, in general, how do they drive better margins? How do we retain and attract top employees? Um, and what we do for teams is, you know, rather than trying to hit a home run on the first plate appearance, uh, we really help them map out, you know, stepping stones um, that drive good behavioral change that actually allow them to achieve those bigger goals. So, you know, as an example, I, I usually describe to people as, you know, a key initiative for a VP might be moving towards agile or model-based enterprise. In all reality, your team today is still largely on paper um, or in disconnected PDFs that, you know, there is no real uh, system of engagement. Um, and going from one to the other is very, very difficult and it's going to be met with resentment. So what we do is help, you know, fix an end user problem, which drives behavioral change. And that behavioral change then actually enables you to do some of the latter, you know, what I call a secondary use case. It might be the tracking, it might be the insights you're looking for to make better design decisions, or maybe it is actually the digital thread. So for us, it's about giving, you know, the end users the tools they need to do their job really well, ones that are easy to use, lightweight, plugged into the tools they already know. Um, and then for the company, giving them a way that they can get the secondary benefits um, without having to burden the rest of their users. So, you know, I think what's different for us is we really focus on context, collaboration, um, convenience, um, and then also just being practical about how do we take, take you from where you are um, to where you're trying to go as an engineering team. What's sort of been, you know, the impact for Colab's customers then that are modernizing their collaboration in this way? Yeah, I mean, I think whether it was before COVID or after, it's, it's been kind of unanimously the same that, you know, big things we see are that teams are spending way less time in design review, but also seeing a higher quality output. And that's not common. Usually when you talk about cutting time, you're talking about cutting quality as well. And the reason that we see both is because we're not actually cutting out design review. We're cutting out all the manual and administrative work around doing design review so that when people spend time reviewing something or passing along feedback, they're actually spending their time using that knowledge that they've created to communicate to someone else. So right now across our customer base, we're seeing teams cut about 51% of the time they used to spend doing design review in both 2D and 3D review. We're seeing it across a whole host of applications. So it might be, you know, a drawing package, a documentation package. It could be an ad hoc model review with a supplier. It could be a VAV event, um, could be change review. Across the whole host, we're seeing about 51% cut out. And uh, as an example, one customer um, has actually done close to, close to 50,000 drawing reviews in the last 12 months. Um, and just across that use case alone uh, has saved almost 12,000 hours. Um, and the second part of that, I think, is what we're, we're starting to see the behavioral change. We're starting to see, you know, people who were really adverse and apprehensive to change actually embracing digital technologies. So I always tell this story of, you know, one of the first people we ever rolled out Colab to was a, a senior quality person who said, you know, hey, I, uh, I'm not interested in this. I, and he actually used the word, I hate Colab. And I said, oh, God, that's, you know, that's a pretty intense way to describe it. So I reached out to him, asked him for a phone call. And three days later, I had a phone call and he picked up and said, I love Colab. And I said, OK, hold on. Now. How did you go from hate to love in uh, in three days? And 
what he told me was he was resistant to, to changing because he'd done drawing review on paper or on Adobe PDFs for 25 years. And going into this web-based tool was a, was a step change or it seemed scary. But 30 minutes into doing his first actual review, when he realized that all the history was there, he didn't have to send anything to anyone, he just tagged them, he didn't have to look for anything, he realized it was a game changer. And, you know, 18 months later, uh, he's one of our number one users. So um, that's sort of the secondary part is that people are starting to see the types of behavior that they want to, to invoke and drive throughout the organization so that they can go after these bigger um, initiatives, um, really then allowing you to move much faster um, as an engineering team and focus on the actual innovation and, and not the administrative work. And, and that's interesting. And I think something that was interesting over the past couple of years with the sort of forced to work from home and remote mm-hmm. collaborate, collaboration scenario we've been in is that people moved into some of these types of, uh, you know, remote collaboration platforms and we're really just sort of doing it as a way to, okay, we need to be able to communicate effectively. But then the idea that there's all these productivity enhancements that you get from this, I don't think was clear to a lot of people until they were almost sort of forced into it. So mm-hmm. you know, over, over the past year, we've seen, and it's been across the board of different types of remote work tools, both on the hardware and software side, seeing people go, oh, you know, we, we really resisted this for a long time. And now that we're in it, we see it's, you know, it's not just about, okay, I can do this from home or I can talk to a, a, another stakeholder in a different office. There's all these other benefits to this that I, I, for whatever reason, they were just resistant to. Yeah. It's, it's funny you say that too, because when you think about it, like that particular customer I'm referring to, um, they use an effective, uh, an effectivity measure for their teams and a productivity measure. And they looked at the impact of Colab for their org and the teams using Colab from their own homes were about three times more productive than the most productive team ever was in the office before COVID. Um, and that's always kind of stood out to me because, you know, I would have expected, you know, we'll make it better. Um, but to be that much more productive, they were actually told they could stay working remotely permanently if they wanted to um, in an industry where when COVID first started, they weren't sure they were going to be able to work from home at all. They were seeking exemptions to be able to work from the office because of, you know, the really heavy computing they were trying to do for all the modeling and not having laptops mm-hmm. set up. So uh, it's pretty cool to see that kind of mindset shift. Um, and I think you're totally right, right? Like look at Microsoft Teams, for example. I would say, you know, less than 10% of manufacturing teams used it before COVID and look at it now. It's almost every team has some flavor of Microsoft Teams going, you know, that's a really positive behavioral change because although it's still a generic tool, it's, it's invoking people to work together in a different way. And what we want to do is take, you know, the specificity of what is needed to do really true co-design for engineering teams working on complex products and make that just as accessible as, you know, Microsoft Teams application is today. Well, then, you know, moving forward in the next year, into 2022, uh, what's Colab's focus in terms of furthering that mission of accelerating the pace of engineering innovation uh, through these types of collaborative tools? Yeah, so 2022 is going to be a big year for us. We, um, we just closed a $17 million Series A um, led by Insight Partners. Um, and I have a really exciting uh, member, Josh Fredberg, joining our board, spent, you know, a number of years at PTC, ANSYS, Aspen in, in large uh, VP roles and really as a modern look uh, at the industry. And we've been talking a lot about our strategy. And for us, you know, the big thing we're going to be focusing on is extending this co-design beyond just CAD. 
Um, taking this so that it's not just your CAD data, it could be your BOM data, it could be analysis data, it could be the things you currently have in Microsoft formats. We wanna give people one dedicated place where they can actually share, review, communicate, and make decisions in a system of engagement with anyone, anytime, anywhere. So extending the file format support, extending the integrations we offer with you know PLM tools and your other communication tools like a like a Jira um, or a Microsoft Teams or your even your email. Uh, we want to make it as easy as possible and as frictionless as possible for you know folks to get in and get value. Um, and then on the other side of that, we're going to be really doubling down on specific applications. Because um, as an example, you know, prior to COVID, I, d I don't think I would have thought that VA review, um, looking at products and trying to drive the value and, you know, uh, improve the costing. I never would have thought that would have been an application that people really latched on to. But it's been one of the top things we're asked about now. So for us in 2022, it's going to be a lot more about building, you know, best practices for how co-design could work for something like a VA review or a change review or a DFM review. Um, and giving teams just all the tools they need so they can get up and running as quick as possible um, and then expanding from there. So, you know, I think for us, we're, we're pretty excited. The teams after growing about 4X in the last 18 months, um, we just hired 14, 15 people in the last two weeks and we've got another 10 uh, starting early in the new year. So it's going to be an exciting year for us. We're looking forward to working with, you know, a lot of our customers who've been with us for a while and all the new ones that are just joining and, uh, you know, I think it's about creating a bigger, a bigger shift in industry, because if we do this right, it drives good behavioral change. A lot of the bigger, you know, initiatives become a lot easier to take on. So um, we're honestly pretty excited for 2022. All right. well, we'll be interested to see uh, what develops with you guys. Looking forward to it. Uh, thank you very much for your time today, Adam. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you uh, all for tuning in and please tune in again for another episode of the DE 24-7 podcast.